We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You knew the risks when you decided to drive drunk. There could be a crash. People could get hurt or killed. But that didn't stop you, did it? You knew you could get arrested. You could incur huge legal expenses, and you could possibly even lose your job. You were well aware of the consequences of driving drunk. But one thing's for sure. You were wrong when you said it was no big deal. Drive sober or get pulled over. This message brought to you by NHTSA. KJ Podcast, my people, thank you for putting in your headphones, plugging this into your car. The calendar is about to turn from August to September. Birds are singing outside. Football is officially here. Dear God, how I've missed sweet regular season NFL football. It will be important this year in San Francisco. It will be riveting every Sunday appointment television, Jimmy Garoppolo, Kyle Shanahan, Ruben Foster, Richard Sherman, this football team is going to be one of the most entertaining storylines of the 2018 season. As we've had you for the last couple of years, you'll get all news, notes, analysis on this podcast. Rate and subscribe on iTunes if you're new. I'll have some kind of announcement next week about the future of my media career. Really excited, anxious to get this news out share what I'm doing next. It does involve this podcast. Extremely enthusiastic to make that announcement. Today, tonight, I thought we'll give you a checklist of what's trending upwards for the 49ers, themes, players, and then what's kind of trending downwards. Things that need to be addressed in September and 49ers need to prove that this won't be an issue going forward. I put my predictions out on Twitter Monday I have the 49ers at 9-7. and seven. 
making the wild card. I do think there will be one nine and seven wild card that the NFC will beat up on each other more than people are thinking. You're just going to have the Packers, the Vikings, Cowboys, Eagles, Panthers, Falcons, Seahawks. I'm not ready to say they're going to be a complete bust. Redskins are going to be competitive. I don't think you're going to see that many 13 and 3, 12 and 4 teams in the NFC. I think there's going to be a lot of coin flips and a lot of parity in a really, really entertaining season for this conference. Before we run through a checklist of what's going on with the team, I want to commend Kyle Shanahan because a ton of NFL coaches around the league did not play starters week three in the preseason. Like a rare thing here. Dak Prescott didn't play. Jared Goff didn't play. Mitch Trubisky didn't play. A lot of teams are literally sitting out the preseason. Kyle Shanahan in the 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo was out on the field with the starters in the third quarter. Training camp was rough and physical. There was a couple veteran days here and there, but Kyle Shanahan, he's new school with his concepts. He's new school with his attitude towards players. He's old school with preseason and training camp. Obviously getting this from his dad, being around Bill Walsh growing up, knowing that, hey, we'll have a couple players injured. We'll rub a couple of the veterans the wrong way to make sure concepts are tight, doing installs, getting evaluations on how everything looks together. This is valuable time where you learn how to become a better football team. The injuries to McKinnon and Breida, not good. Same with Kittle. They're discovering more about their football team now. Like Kyle didn't shut things down. A couple people got hurt week one in the preseason against the Cowboys. He wasn't like, all right, you know what? The rest of the team is going to suffer because we had a couple of these injuries. We're just going to shut it down. Kyle's not playing just for September here. It's not about guys just being healthy. It's about getting game tape and starting to build books on how things look and getting coaches in the right fits and and just practicing everything that's about to happen for 17 weeks. So Kyle uses the preseason. Obviously, he's not going to use week four, but note that about your head coach. There's a lot of philosophy going around the league right now with new guys, Matt Nagy, Sean McVay. I couldn't even keep up with how many guys sat out week three of the preseason. It's new. You see Hugh Jackson on Hard Knocks advocating for this behind meeting rooms. Just know that Kyle Shanahan is not that way. He knows he's going to sacrifice some bodies along the way. It's tough to say it like that, but the 49ers are a machine that can't stop moving. Practice will always be important to Kyle Shanahan. That's where his football teams win. They win on the practice field. They're more prepared. The schemes are tighter. You need to know everyone on the football field what they're doing, not just your own job. Kyle teaches differently, and that's why you see in the summer that this team is a little more banged up, but they are getting valuable reps in the preseason. Yeah, let's run through this checklist. Let's start with the positive things that I have written down, focusing on Indianapolis and just the preseason in general, kind of where our expectations were a few months back and where they are now. I'm not going to sit here and brag about Alfred Morris, but this dude is making the 53-man roster. It was surprising that he wasn't added in March. What he brings to the table, you saw exactly 17 carries, 84 yards, had another big run called back vision, ability to shed tacklers. Kyle knows how to use him against different defensive schemes, how defensive coordinators blitz, and how he can counteract that, and how Alfred sees the field. They have a synergy together. It's almost like a quarterback 
and a head coach. It's a weird thing with Kyle Shanahan and Alfred Morris. I think Jet McKinnon will start week one and get carries, but if he's got 12 for 31 and you can't get anything going and Alfred Morris is sitting on the bench, you're going to be tempted to use that button. And I think throughout September, the Alfred Morris button starts getting called a lot more. I think eventually his powerful running style fits really well with Jimmy Garoppolo. And they're going to do a a lot more play action and he hits the outside zone hard. It's really his vision. If you have a run blocked up well, Alfred Morris knows where to go in Kyle Shanahan's system. That is so valuable. I don't care if they're paying him $1.2 million. I don't care what he's making. And Jarek McKinnon, everyone said, oh, he's going to be a star. This is the next Devonta Freeman. I care about the 2018 season right now. Who's going to help move the chains? Alfred Morris could be better for this football team than Jarek McKinnon. People need to understand that. It's not about how and when you acquire talent. It's about who's on the football team and who's producing right now. That is Kyle Shanahan's philosophy. If he wanted to add a camp body, he could have done that. He added a powerful back to the mix because they kind of overlooked that. And we all kind of said that when it happened. And then people put film breakdowns out and the hype goes, oh, McKinnon looks great and he's fast and quick catching passes and everyone forgets it. He goes down, Alfred Morris comes in and the offense, the running game just looks fantastic. We should say the Colts aren't a premier run defense either, but the 49ers are going to face weaker teams. And if they can dominate the running game, take pressure off Jimmy G, ride Alfred Morris in the first quarter, get a big lead and relax. This is a good way to play football. Alfred Morris has a lot in the tank. He's missed one game, I think, in his career in 2012 with the next stinger. Durable. And at the very least, if Jeb McKinnon is producing, then Alfred Morris on third and two, I feel good giving him the football every time. It is really hard for someone to bring him down on the first tackle. I love him as a short down yardage back, as a red zone type of weapon here. He's on this football team. Raheem Mostert probably on the football team as well. If that means Kendrick Bourne gets pushed off, he probably won't. But there could be a weird cut on offense because they might have to keep four tight ends. They might have to keep Hikatini and Cole Wick. There's going to be a numbers game on offense. Eric Magnuson, they're probably going to have to put on IR and bring him back. They like him as a backup O-lineman who can play a ton of positions. Alfred Morris has a spot to me on this football team, given the injuries to Brito and McKinnon. It'd be interesting if those two weren't injured but just weren't producing and Alfred Morris came in and put the heat on them. Then we'd be in a different scenario. But because they've been banged up, because we just have seen this with our eyes and know that Alfred Morris is capable of doing this, Listen, he made RG3 as good as he was in 2012. This was partly Alfred Morris. Alfred Morris will open things up for Jimmy Garoppolo. Kyle will use game plans, not every week, but certain weeks, pounding Alfred really early on, bringing up safeties, bringing up linebackers in the front, and then opening things up. This is a valuable little piece to have. It's shocking that Alfred Morris wasn't on another team. I'm I'm happy for the dude. I know him. I didn't just predict this because, oh, I like Alfred Morris. He's in my past. I know that this guy jives well with Kyle Shanahan. This was the right pickup. Cool to see that against the Colts. And yeah, I put on my predictions. I think he will lead the team in rushing this year. I've made wild predictions before. They should call Richard Sherman. I've said they might think about trading or cutting Navarro Bowman after those comments against the Colts last year, coincidentally whiffed on some too. I thought Brian Hoyer would be better. This is me going out on a limb. I normally give you very solid 
analysis. I'm not normally this hot of a take. I really think Alfred Morris could have 800, 900 yards rushing this season and not be the bell cow, but be in there enough getting 12 to 15 carries at least seven, eight, or nine times. I think there's going to be a lot more musical chairs than people realize here. It's not going to be the Jarek McKinnon show as much as anticipated with the money that he got paid. Remember, Kyle has always said, you overpay in free agency. If you like the person, then you overpay. If you're scared that the person's not going to fit your locker room, never do it. But if you like the person and you can project that he could be something, you might have to pay upwards of double the worth. That could be the case with Jarek McKinnon. He could be a backup to Alfred Morris. That's not out of the question. I could also be totally wrong here too. That's my take on the running game, Alfred Morris. He's going to play week one, and I think he's just going to keep the pressure on. It's just going to be hard to keep him off the field. Going through the 49ers checklist, Solomon Thomas, I think, looks great. I'm ready to say expectations are trending upwards for him. He's going to be lining up more inside. John Lynch said it watching film of him. He's not, he's not getting stonewalled. He's getting back there a lot more often. And that helps other players as well. I do think his sack total will go up because he, he's getting back there. Even if he's back there second or third, he can clean up a little bit more. I think you'll see some clean up sacks from Solomon Thomas. Right place, right time. Still would like to see him improve as a run defender on the edge. But trending upward, five and a half sacks, that is realistic here. I think there will be certain games where he looks like the number three overall pick. And that would be great. That would help his defense tremendously. Fred Warner looked so good. Like he's going to be a key run defender. I don't think you're going to be able to run the ball well against the 49ers. They're going to be able to take that away. There's not many teams that come in saying, hey, we're about to run all over you. But to make it one-dimensional and have your nickel package out there all game, which I think is the 49ers' strength, having K1 out there, mixing in DJ Reed from time to time. Yeah, I I think this is going to be a good run defense because of improved play from Solomon Thomas and Fred Warner. I think it'll be Fred Warner, Malcolm Smith week one, and Reuben Foster comes back week three replacing Malcolm Smith. And then it'll just be the Reuben Foster, Fred Warner show. They'll be two of the better linebackers in the league. That's trending upward right now. Middle of the field is very hard to attack the 49ers. Their edges aren't very strong. Corners are still a question mark for sure. Safety play is, we're excited about it, but don't know if they're going to be in check every time. Middle of the field, I don't know you're going to be able to do much with DeForest Buckner rotating all the D-line depth inside and then Fred Warner and Ruben Foster standing right there. You're going to have to scheme the 49ers on the outside. So that's trending upwards as we head into September. O-line was obviously part of Alfred Morris's resurgence here. Joshua Garnett looks good. Mike Person looks good. McGlinchey had a great preseason. I think he got beat a little bit in Dallas, but other than that, held his own against J.J. Watt and those guys in a joint practice. I don't know if he'll look like a rookie. I think he'll get beat a couple times, and Jimmy G will get punched in the mouth once, and there'll be a couple like, oh, leery moments with him, but I think for the most part, he's going to be solid out there. And like I said, you're going to have Garrett Selleck, I think chip a lot. Kyle Juszczyk lined up as an H-back there. Yeah, O-line looks fine. I'm not worried about the O-line at all. Weston Richburg had a couple great blocks. Sorry if I sound so freaking tired. The flight from the East Coast to the West Coast in two days literally kicks your ass. I feel like I just lost a fight. 
Yeah, I'm trending downwards. KJ trending downwards. He's tired as hell. So, I mean, obviously throughout the preseason, wide receiver position has been trending upwards. Everyone, Pierre Garçon makes big plays against the Colts, run after the catch. The talk for trading him was a little outlandish. He's such a veteran. His contract is pretty big, but it's, you know, he's still a damn good receiver. Even though he broke his neck last year. Yeah, he didn't have a noisy training camp preseason, but Kyle says the same quote about Pierre. We expect Pierre to be Pierre, which is 6 for 70 every week, and that's just super valuable to have on the outside. Um, Dante Pettis trending upwards. We'll talk about the red zone as trending downwards, but I think you'll be using Pettis a lot in the red zone. Didn't want to show that in the preseason. That's a card Kyle will pull out early on, as early as Minnesota. I think you could be scheming him up inside the 20s there. Yeah, I mean, a lot trending upwards right now. Not super banged up. The defense is healthy. I mean, Eric Armstead looked good, too. The D-line has had a pretty good preseason. KJ podcast, that's what's trending upwards. A lot of things are. Most things are in a good place right now. I think this is more important. And I didn't want to leave with the negative because the 49ers are in a positive place right now. But there are some negatives with this football team that obviously are going to prevent them from being a Super Bowl contender this year. They're... There's holes around this roster that teams are definitely going to attack. I mean, you start automatically with Sam Linebacker. They trade their starter, Eli Harold, last week for a conditional seventh-round pick. If that's the kind of value you had penciled in at starter there, clearly that was a problem from the beginning. Now you got Mark and Zacha. You know what? He's actually good in short-distance runs. I I think he can barrel in and kind of set the edge and cause a pile there is their thought process with Mark and Zacha I don't think Dakota Watson is that good of a football player he's great in the locker room everyone likes him he's you watch social media stories he's on everyone's story everyone's friends with him so he has a role automatically because there's no depth at this position he, he's gonna if he's gonna play a lot it's gonna be a problem I think as I mentioned in nickel you're taking Watson or Nzacha off the field and putting Julian Taylor, putting Sheldon Day in the middle and flexing someone outside. Like you have more D line depth, and then you have you just leave Fred Warner and Ruben Foster on the field and just know that Sam linebacker is just a base downs linebacker for you this season. Eventually you want a stud there. You could have drafted someone like Tremaine Edmonds and felt better about that position. You went with McGlinchey instead. Um I don't think Edmonds is going to be super special anyway, but just saying, like, this is a huge hole on this team. That position is not going to be a dominant player, and I see teams running at it and targeting it in coverage when necessary. Like, it's just clear looking at this defense. Oh, 49ers, they don't have a really good Sam linebacker. Let's attack that. There's just a, there's a lot of whipping going on, too. Like, this is for the D-line in general. Andrew Luck is going to be able to extend plays. There are 10 quarterbacks in the league who are going to thrive playing against the 49ers because they don't bring down the quarterback right away. It takes a while to get a sack. Someone's not just on a straight line to the quarterback or making one move and getting there. It's a lot of struggle, and they get push. I liked what Armstead looked like. DeForest Buckner, I think, is going to have six or seven sacks this year. At least he should with the deep boy talk coming out of that building. I think he will. 
I mean, you just see Andrew Luck being able to extend plays. Aaron Rodgers will obviously be that way. Kirk Cousins can even do that week one. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, there's a lot of mobile quarterbacks on this schedule who I think are going to be able to give this defense a problem. You saw, you've seen busting coverages a little bit. Saw that touchdown Ruben Foster was beat on. I think that will be a theme early in the year. And remember, this Seattle scheme, it has to be all 11 in this together. One little loophole will leave someone wide open. And it's it takes a lot of good players to play this scheme. And Colbert just can't cover for everyone. There's not two people covering for everyone back there. It's one. And it's it's forcing you to pass on elite cornerbacks. So, you know, the, the scheme was meant for an elite group of personnel. They played it really well in December last year. I think they'll play it at a high level. But busted coverages, quarterbacks who can extend plays, that gives most defenses problems. But I think it'll just break the back of the 49ers in certain games. 9-7, and seven, I mean, they're going to have some losses this year where the defense doesn't look good. You can mark that down in Sharpie. The defense is not going to dominate every single week. The offense might and still lose. Defense, we're seeing themes here. Um, you know, they didn't look bad, though, against the Colts. I thought that was their best performance out of the three games. Richard Sherman got thrown at once, knocked the ball away. Akilah Witherspoon, I'm ready to call neutral. I'm not trending him up or down. A lot of people are saying star in the making. This guy is very legit. I see him getting targeted and picked on a lot. I say it every week. We'll see it come week one. Whether it's Steelin or Diggs, they're going to be interchanging people out there. Vikings OC, John DeFilippo, is already preparing for this, already looking at the 49ers defense. There's going to be a game plan. Could be a playoff preview there. I think the 49ers would be a wild card in either like at Minnesota, at Green Bay, at New Orleans, at Philadelphia. They sneak into the playoffs here. So this is a really good measuring stick. I can't wait for week one. Um, yeah, offensively trending downwards. Drops is a real issue for this team. It killed Brian Hoyer. It really, like, the the morale was so low in September and October, and a ton of that was because of drops. I don't think you'll see him from Goodwin and Garcon, but other guys, Selleck, Kendrick Bourne had a drop. I, I would say he's trending down. Like, there's a chance that Kendrick Bourne is practice squatted if this team really needs to keep three tight ends and Kittle's not ready, or they might need to keep four tight ends. Because Hikatini and Wick give them something different. Tight end is hard to learn in this scheme. And they might want to keep those bodies around. You could also practice squad one of those too. I would say Kendrick Bourne. Like Richie James is ahead of him on the depth chart. Richie James is the fifth wide receiver on this team. Ahead of Kendrick Bourne. I think that's clear. I know I discussed one of those two getting cut earlier. I would say 99% chance that James makes the team. 75% chance that Bourne makes the team. There's definitely a chance... Or if they want to store someone else or they see someone good on the waiver wire. I think part of the reason is that his track record of being late, is he really going to be a leader? Is this, you know, like why is he playing football? Those are questions I think that persist around him from everything I can gather. I came into training camp a lot higher. I thought he would be like what Dante Pettis did. I thought Kendrick Bourne would be doing stuff similar to that. We didn't see it. He didn't get a ton of opportunities either. It's hard to cut him. Like You're keeping four running backs. I think Raheem Mostert, Alfred Morris, obviously Breida McKinnon. You're not keeping Burbridge. You're going to have to figure out the tight ends and figure out the O-line situation. 75% chance Bourne makes it, but yeah, that drop sucked. 
right on the goal line there. Hit him right in the hands. Red zone is a real issue for this team, and we need to address if this is a weakness for Kyle. We all love Kyle. It's hard to say a bad thing about Kyle. Is this actually a problem? Is he fundamentally flawed with some play calling down here? Again, like I just mentioned, the drops, the penalties, the miscues. Jimmy G should have thrown an interception that second-round pick Darius Leonard dropped right there by the goal line. The execution is not at a high level there. Do they need to bring in a consultant to evaluate red zone? I know Kyle would think that's insulting that someone would even say that, but just we'll see how it goes in the regular season. What I've been saying all along about red zone, though, and I mentioned earlier, Dante Pettis, I think, will matter down there. They haven't had Kittle. They'll get him back. Remember last season, Jimmy G himself is good at extending plays. Yeah, it was with Trent Taylor and George Kittle in the red zone. He can finish down there. They will figure that out. But I don't know if they're going to be an elite red zone team like you need to be if you're a Super Bowl contender. Alfred Morris could help. The O-line could help. But... We're not leaving the preseason feeling good about that. And I think part of the reason the starters came back on the field in the third quarter was because they failed in the red zone and Kyle wanted to get down there again, wanted to get a touchdown. Didn't happen. Concerning, not worrying, not alarming, but a little concerning about the red zone. Yeah, that's it. That's all I got for you today, guys. KJ Podcast running through a checklist. I'll post a 53-man roster on Twitter after the game Thursday. We'll recap the cuts over the weekend, September 1st. And then we'll prepare for the Minnesota Vikings. Week one of the NFL season is here. I hope the hair on the back of your neck is standing up. I hope you're ready to analyze and discuss every detail. The Warriors are the number one team in town as they win championships. The most entertaining and most, hmm, what's this? And on the rise, it's so fun when a team makes their rise. And could this be the potential next Dynasty in the Bay Area, going up against Boston as the most relevant sports town in the country. Can the 49ers pick up the mantle from the Giants, Warriors? Is it their turn? This is the beginning of something special. I really think so. Nine and seven this season. I think it's enough to sneak in the playoffs. Alfred Morris could be your running back this season. He's going to be a running back on this team this season, whether it's goal line short yardage, You know the themes we've harped on. We'll continue to pick out new ones. Predictive analysis, KJ Podcast, big announcement next week. Rate and subscribe. Share with a friend. I seriously appreciate you guys. Podcasting has become one of the greatest joys I do each and every week. Love connecting my thoughts with you guys. Keep listening. Keep sharing. KJ Podcast, we'll talk to you again soon. Peace. the high fashion hotline hi my family has big plans for labor day weekend but our outfits aren't measuring up then get to old navy old navy yep old navy's huge labor day sale is on now get 50 percent off all jeans 50 percent off all dresses 50 percent off all tees and 50 percent off all sweatshirts and hoodies for the whole family 50 percent off all those styles that's a big deal so is this style started just six bucks at old navy and old navy.com change of plans we're spending the weekend at old navy high fashion old navy valid 830 to 93 excludes in store clearance active licensed and men's package tees